You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Coaching Inn. I'm Claire Pedrick and today I'm in conversation with Elizabeth Egan, who I know on a number of levels and who has just published a book, Personal Development, Coaching in Sport, uh, which I was asked to review at Coaching at Work. And I liked that because it's brilliant. Elizabeth, welcome to the Coaching Inn. Thank you, Claire. Um, Thanks for your kind words about the book. And uh, delighted to be here this evening. Great. So, so much to talk about. Tell us about your coaching journey, and then we'll see where we need to go from there. Right, where to start? I let's start with a PhD. So straight out, straight off the back of doing a undergraduate degree in sports science, I went and did a PhD in exercise physiology because I thought I wanted to be a physiologist, and I thought I wanted to go into lecturing or research. And partway through the PhD, I realised, no, I want to work with athletes. I want to work with human beings. Um, But I was on the wrong journey for that, it seemed. (laughs) And post-PhD, there was so many job applications, so Mm. many job applications. And for a very long time, I wasn't even getting interviews. And I had three interviews in one week. And one of them was to manage... Uh, sports scholarship program at the University of Birmingham and that's that's the job I got of the three it was the one I most wanted and as part of that role I was expected to mentor athletes and also to put together a program to help other staff members to mentor athletes um, because mentoring was what we called it, what it was called at the time. And it was in the very early stages of what has now become, depending on the organisation, either personal development support for athletes or um, performance lifestyle support. Okay. A terminology that I'm not hugely fond of, um, but... Um, That's kind of where it started. And as I say, it started off being mentoring and I was probably trying to put in some bits of my exercise physiology background. So around sleep and nutrition and and helping people manage um, their lives to allow them to perform as best they could. Fast forward 16 or 17 years, I now have conversations with athletes where sport is the least important thing that we talk about. So it has become more and more like coaching, which, of course, is a complicated word to use in the sporting context because it means a very different uh, thing. But I, so my, probably the work I find most rewarding is getting groups 
of young sports people. So typically, I typically I work at University of East London, so I work with student athletes there. Um, so most of them are aged 18 to about 25 or six, because we get a lot of American students huh. who have done their degree in America, want to extend their support, their sporting career by a year or two um, and want to come to London. Uh, uh-huh. So they come for a year. So sometimes we we have um, a slightly older group. But the kind of work I do with them is we we have a I used to call them workshops. There's no PowerPoints. There is I usually don't have an agenda. I'll have a topic in mind and I'll have the first activity or the first question I'm going to ask them. And then we see where it goes from there. But I love how they start to talk below the surface level. So Uh not the thing they normally talk about and the safety or the bravery within the group um, grows and grows as each person gets their turn. And I just love when I hear comments or see reactions that kind of go, really nice to have a conversation at this level or wow I'm not the only one which is something that comes up a lot and like sometimes I say I couldn't care less how good they are at sport they're there because they're performance athletes but actually there's so much more than that um some of them are there to get degrees some of them are about to retire from sport. Um, some of them have a lot of other things going on in their lives. And it's nice to give them an opportunity to talk about that. So you're describing an unfolding vulnerability and courage as you go around the group. Mm. Interesting. There are so many ways we could go. And I'm the interviewer, so I guess I get to choose. <laughs> I could say, where do you think we should go? I'd like to go, if it's okay. So you've moved from uh, the sports coaching defini- definition of coaching through to a different definition of coaching. Tell us a bit about that journey. Um, I think there's a lot, there's been a lot of, parking my ego Ah. and I know you speak about helpfulness and usefulness I think my confidence as my confidence has grown in that just providing that space is enough then just providing that space is enough ah um I don't I've realized I don't need to be an expert on everything that they're going through because that was that was the first thing that when I started out I was I had very little training I was great at having conversations with people but then something had come up that they were struggling with and my first reaction was I don't know about that whereas Um. now my first reaction is I don't know about that let's get stuck in um on and I remember, I remember the first time someone um, coming to a session and saying, 
I'm having some trouble with my boyfriend. I'd like to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I suddenly go, okay. And now, you know, they come and they're like, oh, this is a bit awkward and I'm not sure it's something that you'd like to, that we can talk about. But, you know, I'm having trouble with my boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it might be. And my response inside and outside is very, very different. And there's something in there as well around really realising and reminding myself that they are capable human beings. And I think particularly working in a university setting where we're the perceived adults and then there's the students and kind of breaking that down and reminding everyone else around me as well, my colleagues, that these are capable human beings. Sometimes they do things that annoy us, but actually look how often we do that as well. Look how often we show up to a meeting and are not, are not engaged or are late or have excuses or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, and And there's something really powerful about being able to see those capabilities in people. Mm. Mm. And there's something around um, I've completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry, Claire. That's because you're so good at not knowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's really to- interesting it? Go on. I was just going to say, I was trying to bluff that by dragging out the, it's like, no, it's not coming back. (laughs) So you're talking about the way the inside response in you has really impacted how you respond on the outside. Yeah. What happened before it changed on the inside? We had nice conversations that didn't mean a huge amount. Ah. Wow. That's very honest. And I, and I remembered what I was going to say because it relates. I remember like some of the first people I worked with. Partially we had a lot in common in that we did similar sports, similar events within the same sport, got on well with them, had nice conversations but I can't think other than those nice conversations I can't think of a single thing that we did together that was useful for them wow so what's been the impact of introducing the facilitating someone else to think version of coaching into the professional sports world (laughs) it's funny because as you know, I run a forum for other practitioners. You because, did? Because I didn't I didn't know what I was doing when I started out. And there wasn't a huge, well, it's part of the reason I wrote the book. There isn't a book there, a manual, but, you know, where can I find more information? Or what mm. courses can I do that will be helpful? And um, I... I, through the forum, I have lots of conversations 
with people and it's the same it's the same thing someone joins the group and the first question they come up with is oh I need to run some workshops like what 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 do I run workshops on or I need to do a workshop on this and they're talking about information and the first thing I say to them is don't use slides don't use PowerPoint presentation if you have students in front of you in particular they've been sitting in lectures all day make mm -hmm. that space different and and it's interesting because I'm aware of that coaching process I've learned it the hard way and I want to provide that information to other people but I also recognize they kind of need to see it for themselves as well so I try to model it as much as mm -hmm. I can um through the forum sessions that we run or anything else that I deliver that um, so we ran a full day. It was it was the event we used to launch the book um, in Leicester uh, in the end of November. So it was yeah. a full day, full day with practitioners and there wasn't a single PowerPoint presentation. All right. Sorry. <laughs> that slipped was... out. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my feeling on the inside, too, when I when I can do a day <laughs> like that. And the funny thing was I had a couple of tools that I brought with me that I thought would be useful and I had a rough list of the topics that I thought we might cover that was it that was my plan mm. for the day not that I was underprepared but I was very open to let's see how this goes and the start of the day I had asked oh is there anything particularly you want out of this day and I'd had something around contracting in there and by contracting I was using the stokers questions I was introducing them to the group and someone had seen that and they said actually do you know what I'd love to learn about or to explore contracting within a group so I was like right let's let's have a think later about how we do that nice. and kind of on the spot I was thinking right how do I how do we explore this so we explored it as a group. I'd brought some cards with me. Um, they were roads on them, different roads. And I get got everyone to pick one that represented a road of where they were right now on their journey. Nice. We sat around in a group, exactly how I do with the athletes, and asked them, right, what do we need to share before we get started? And everything that we need to include in contracting came out from from that and everyone's like oh wow and even I was thinking oh wow it's, it's that simple <laughs> because it's normal right yes yes and it's English or whatever language you're delivering it in yeah yeah and, and you back... had prepared yeah because you'd prepared for 16 years and eight years and four years and two years and one year And a lot of that preparation is around preparing to go with the flow mm -hmm. and see see what emerges. Yeah. A word which I find myself using so much in the last few weeks. <laughs> and so much of this as you talk is about the confidence of not knowing and the confidence of not being in control and the confidence of not directing it. And as you talk, it's clear that it's inside you. 
I didn't realise till I'm talking now how much that is. Yeah. So you've written this amazing book with um, Rob Cliff and Clifton Carly Jones um, about personal development, coaching in sport, which, lovely listeners, is, well, you tell us, Elizabeth, what you think it is, because I think it's extraordinary. I, I'll tell you a little bit about the journey first. So I've mentioned before about starting on this journey myself and not knowing where to find anything. And Carly was actually one of the students at UEL. Um, and then she she left and then she explored, oh, I think I'd like to get into this role. And she came back to me and she said, I've done the course. Where do I find more information? And I was like, ah, the exact same question I had. Ah. So, so she very, so Carly actually works as well in, um, she's a paramedic in uh, primary care. And she's very much being, I don't know this, or this is something I'd like to know. So she's almost been the, the novice and, and really brought a huge depth to the book because of that. So the book in my head was always going to be one page per topic. And the purpose. Genius. <laughs> oh, the fun I had with layout to make sure it was exactly a page. <laughs> but I, I wanted it to be so that people could pick it up, open it on a page, read the page, know from reading that page whether that was something they wanted to find out more about and then know where the next steps were to go and to find out more. So that's very much what the book is about. Well, what the book looks like. What the book is about, probably three things. We put the ethics stuff first. Because I think particularly in the world of sport, there's a lot of conflicts of interest and potential boundary crossing that we're not even aware of. And and I look back to some of the situations I was in when I started out because of that very small age difference between myself and the people I was working with. And the fact I was still training as an athlete and sometimes training in a group with these individuals. Um, and also the one that decided whether they were on scholarship the next year or not, uh, which is a very, very common um, thing in in this sort of role. Um, the the second bit, the second section is around some of those psychological underpinnings and different psychological approaches that may be relevant, along with some of the basic coaching skills. And again, I wanted to help readers realize that there is a lot of information out there that's just not branded as sport. There's ah. a lot of relevant, well, the whole world of coaching is relevant to what we do. We just don't sometimes realize that. And I think the tendency is to look at sports psychology as our closest similar role but it's not and there's a little bit of an issue 
with looking at sports psychology as our closest partner because of because because from the client from the athlete's perspective they can be seen so similar um ah. and uh, and some practitioners would provide both they would be trained sports psychologists also providing personal development type support and then the third bit we've covered a whole range of common common topics and themes that come up and and as the book was been nearly um nearly finished i was sometimes lying in bed and thinking have i included too much information there because i wanted to be very much you know i know nothing about retirement from sport and then they open the book and go oh yeah it's just coaching skills there's some there's some relevance but actually i've got this because it's the same procedure it's putting the athlete in you know they're the expert around the content and you're just using the process the same as you would in any in any other situation so yeah. there was a little bit of i really hope that's that's come across that it's like there's loads of information around themes but it's more well this is just common sense rather than i need to be an expert in this i think the layout of the book is genius as i said in the review coaching your work because <laughs> it truly is like the notes from every course that you've ever been on if you're a course junkie summarized into a sensible order where you can actually access them it's fantastic and I think it goes way beyond personal development and coaching in sport because I think it's just a great dipper in her um, with all those beautiful signposts into other resources. Everybody should read it. Personal development, coaching in sport, a guide for practitioners. <laughs> Direct from Elizabeth. Contact her on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, Elizabeth please. Egan. There we are. Please do. So... What do you think we should call this episode? Wow. <laughs> There's something around a journey. I don't know what around a journey. But there's I think I've been on a journey, not necessarily known where I'm going. Ah. But when I look back it makes perfect sense. Everything along the way has added in. And often that's something that the people I work with are also experiencing interesting particularly around you know what it is they do outside sport oh. what they'll do next mm -hmm. so what's your dream for your work <laughs> I'm going to steal uh, steal one of your words, Claire. My dream for my work, a 
I guess I want to expand. I really love working with 18 to 26, 27 year olds. The fact they do sport is, is just happens to be. So oh. I would love to do, to do that group work that I do with people that don't do sport. Interesting. And provide that space to them. I the bit I'm going to steal from you the the bit because I'm I'm so passionate around helping other practitioners out and have just started on my supervision journey. But cool. my dream is that everyone simplifies it, uh-huh. particularly in terms of workshops. Don't bombard individuals with more information yeah. they've probably heard it all before yeah. give them the space to work out how they want to use that information or how they want to use their own information mm-hmm. that's beautiful simple isn't it <laughs> mm. so what's your dream for the book Oh, I have a whole series of books in my head. Ah. <laughs> it's not my first book. I know because I've stalked you on Amazon. Yeah, it's a very different from my first book. A very different process. It's funny, my brother asked me, so which which book are you prouder of? And I said... I can't decide. That's like choosing between children. I can't, I can't do that. I'm Be- so good at that. I'm so good at that. <laughs> and I'm proud of them for very different reasons. My first book was around, was about altitude training venues. And mm. I quit my job, went traveling, did the research for that. There was a lot of bravery involved in that. Mm. I ran out of money. I had to take... Ah. I had to take a job, ended up, it was my first job at University of East London, a full-time job in London. I didn't, which wasn't what I wanted, but I had to do it so that I had enough money to finish the travels for the book. Mm. Spent every single day of annual leave abroad, wow. going straight from the office to Heathrow to get on a flight and flying back on Monday, you know, Sunday mm. night, Monday morning to go back. Um, And it was... I don't want to say a vanity project, but it was almost this thing that I dreamed of since I was six or seven. I wanted to write a book. And that was that. And I think it was, I think it's a very good book. It's definitely the book I would have liked to have bought 20 years ago. Mm. Financially, it was, I'll never make the money back that I spent on it. But it doesn't matter. Whereas this book, I think, is it? It's my area of expertise. It's something that can lead to other things, and I think it's something that's useful for a lot more people. I think so. Um, and yeah, it's and as well writing writing it with with Rob and Carly as well is a very different experience. Um, from from writing a book 
on my own, both in terms of it's been really good to have two co-authors helping me along. So even times when I I was really busy and wasn't doing anything on the book, they were doing bits. So the project was moving forward. Yeah. But also, you know, it's three people that need to agree on things. Um, mm. which which you know you talk about the the layout there were so many discussions around right does this bit go with that section or does it go with the next section and do we need to put that first or second and yeah, yeah lots of lots of not quite cutting out things like you might do Claire but there was <laughs> lots of moving around to well let's let's do that list of contents and see what it looks like and yeah it was Lots of that. Yeah. And what's the most significant thing that you've learnt on this whole journey, Elizabeth? Wow, what a question. Um, it's It's probably around this isn't just sport mm-hmm. in terms of the people that I work with that the sport is not the most significant thing that they're a person first and it's all the things that make up a person mm-hmm. but also uh, uh, and so my brother did a lot of the proofreading uh, for me and he was reading it and he said you do realise that this isn't just about sport, that this would be relevant to anyone. And he, he works in finance and computing and stuff that I know nothing about. But he could see that, you know, just cross off the word sport and it's relevant to, to other people. Um, and it's, yeah, so it's those two elements of it isn't just sport. Sport is what got me interested in this to begin with. Mm. But actually, it's humans that have kept me in it and kept me excited by it. Wow. And behind every sports person, there's a human being. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think we, as the people around them, are at such a risk of not seeing that, mm. of seeing them oh. as the athlete first. Interesting. And that gets so compounded then over there lifespan and and it's never been so brought home to me than having an individual in front of me sharing in that group such situation saying do you know what since I've been 13 years of age and already six foot two all everyone else has seen is a basketball player And I kind of take a step back because I know from the research around struggles around retirement that that loss of identity is is what people struggle with. But actually hearing it from an athlete themselves, that it's not hasn't all come from them, but they notice it around from the people around them is. Wow, we've got we've got more to do on this. Mm. In our everyday interactions. So this is about humanising sport. Mm. Absolutely. 
So if people want to talk more, Elizabeth, how do they get in touch with you? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. There is a few Elizabeth Egans. I, I should have checked this, shouldn't I? I I'll, put, um, I'll put it in the show notes. Per- perfect. Um, yeah, LinkedIn is probably the easiest place to contact me. Or um, my nice shiny new website is called so much more dot ie what a beautiful website name i'm liking that so elizabeth egan thank you so much for coming to the coaching in uh and all of the information is in the show notes if anyone wants to be in contact brilliant thanks claire so much for having me it's been a joy my first podcast yeah welcome and thank you everyone for listening and if you liked it do share it with other people because that helps everybody that helps elizabeth and it helps me so thank you for listening bye-bye everyone if you've enjoyed what you've heard today we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media and if you'd like to become a regular at the coaching inn you can subscribe on podbean and all major podcast channels we look forward to welcoming you next time You've been listening to The Coaching In, 3D Coaching's virtual hub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.